The abandoned temple is dark in more ways than one. If Castian and Laris aren't careful, they'll be the ones in need of rescue next. And who is left to help them? You don't have to walk much farther. You finally reach the chamber that is completely illuminated. The chamber is absolutely cavernous. You can't tell what is lighting it up. There's no obvious light source, at least that you can see from the very entrance. Inside, you see in the center of this chamber, something has collapsed. There's some sort of ruins, some sort of rock slide that has happened here. And there are six people in rebel apparel working in perfect tandem. Three of them pulling rocks off of this pile, handing them off to the other three who are acting in a assembly line to pass the rocks down the line into another pile. They're excavating something but operating in such perfect sync that no organic being could ever do. Only the most well-programmed droids would be able to work in sync like this. Do they have weapons on them? Yes. All of them have one light blaster at their side. One of them also has a larger blaster carbine as well. Castian pauses here. He knows these people are possessed. He's seen something like this before. The way they move, it almost feels like Coruscant. He can't just attack these people with his lightsaber. If they're not in charge of their facilities right now, th this would be just murdering a bunch of rebels, which is the exact opposite of what he wants. But he can't leave him like this. Castian rolls his shoulders back and activates his lightsaber. <laughs> loudly so it echoes through the cavern and he takes a step into the light i'm castian saya jedi i've come to parlay for these individuals and these individuals do not react there is not even the slightest hesitation in their movements they just continue to dig. Come on now. I feel you in here. I know what you are. Not specifically. But you are certainly a darkness. And not my first darkness I felt. One of the rebels, a Twi'lek, turns his head. Movements don't falter. But he turns his head to speak. No. No, it's not. You would be so interesting to add to my collection. But not before I take away your toys. And you no longer will have six excavators. You just have lonely old me, and I assure you, I am not that exciting. But, you do have something I want, and I know I have something you want. 
I want you to release these prisoners, and I want you to let them escape this temple. And in exchange... I use my lightsaber to cut through the debris. I mean, they can pull and drag all these rocks as much as you'd like, but they will starve before they get rid of that debris blocking whatever it is. Death is not the end of their usefulness. You've already seen what can become of those who expire here. Come on now. Ghost? Phantom? I feel the dark side. But there's something more to it to that. It's an echo, isn't there? An echo of something that was once... like me. I am something far greater than you could ever hope to understand. You are playing a dangerous game, youngling. <laughs> well, according to my mother, I have the bravery of a neutron star. What did your mom write about you? And Castian's taking a little swagger forward. Come on now. If you send these people to capture me, I will kill them. I don't want to kill them. I'd rather them go away. This is a one-time offer. I can speed up this operation very quickly for you. Or they can attack, I can defeat them, I can run away, and I can escape from this planet. And you will be stuck dealing with the Empire as they come to clean up wherever the rebels are hiding. Intriguing. I want to see if you are bluffing. And the six figures turn towards you. Three of them still holding their rather large rocks. Roll initiative. I get four successes. Very nice. You actually tie with the rebel that has two weapons on him, but you get to go first. Or I suppose it's your choice. Do you want to go first or do you want to allow him to go first? Is he standing near a person? Within arm's reach, yeah. Yeah, Castian's going to let him go first. Is this the one with the carbine? Yes. Castian is going to see if he's going to pull his carbine to shoot him. Interesting. As Castian does this, he has his lightsaber activated, but his hand is behind him. He does not reach for his weapons. He says something a little too quietly for you to make out exactly what it is, but it definitely has the tone of an order. And you see that immediately the three people that were holding rocks, plus the other two, they all immediately drop their rocks and draw their weapons. He did a successful field commander check, so they all got a free maneuver to draw their weapons. He did not draw his weapons, the other five did. I'll pay a point to have him raise his hand and point towards Castian to give that command. He raises a hand and points at Castian as he gives the command. And as soon as he does it, Castian is throwing whatever he was holding behind his back forward, which is a pair of grav binders. They're handcuffs. And Castian's going to use the force to launch this thing so it connects to the guy's hand. And then he's going to use the force to basically connect the other binder down to somebody's foot next to him. Oh, interesting. 
Yes. So I need to use an athletics check to do force. Yes. And I'm going to say, I feel like that's hard. Oh, it's very hard. Not only that, but this guy has an adversary rating of two. Okay. So you upgrade that twice. Two reds and a purple. I got one success, one advantage out of all that. And what force did you generate? Two light side and a dark side. Very nice. So Castian launches this thing out, and it almost works kind of like a boomerang. One of the ends snaps around the guy's arm, and it kind of pulls him down forward. And then the other end of the binders wraps around and locks onto the person standing next to his foot. So they're both stumbling. And then Castian is going to use his free maneuver to force leap out of their line of fire, just trying to put as much movement into his life as possible so they're not getting any clear shot at him. I will give them a setback die. So the one that has been manacled will say he can't do anything right now. So the four remaining people, they are going to use their maneuver because they had a free one to draw their weapon. So they still have a maneuver for their actual rounds to aim at you. You can see their blasters trying to follow you as you are doing this force jump. So they get a boost die, but I said I would give them a setback die for you doing the force leap. And do you have ranged defense? Yes, two. And in a hail of blaster fire, a couple of bolts are going to strike home. They got two successes. Okay. I can reflect. I'm going to take three strain, so I'm going to be able to reduce that by three. So they would have done seven damage. So you take four damage. So yeah, I would reduce it by three, and but I do take three strain, and I soak the rest. Okay. Castian comes down, crashing down. His knees are bent, and using move, Castian's going to try to pick up one of the soldiers that are firing at him and hurl him into another soldier, hopefully taking them both out of the fight. All right. So Castian is going to make a ranged combat check. Since it is a combat check, your difficulty is average. And I'd like to upgrade my green using one of my destiny points. I got two dark side, a triumph, and an advantage. Okay. I need two force points to pull this off, so yeah, Castian will dip into the dark side. So... Do you have to spend these last two light side points in order to tap into the dark side? No, we have a house rule where we say yes. if it's the dark side, they wants you to use it. So no, I don't do it, but I do take two strain. Yes. Castian is hurling one into the other. It's ten times their silhouette. That takes out two of them. They're minions. Yeah. Now the captain is going to take his turn. He is the one with the carbine. And he is currently manacled to a person's foot. Yep gonna pull out his blaster it's a little more precise with his blaster and he's going to try to disable the manacle with a well-placed blaster bolt and with four successes i'm going to say that does disable the manacle i can see that would be nine damage yes i would think so but that is his action he, he's not going to be able to do anything to you currently and that leaves our remaining three, three yes because that one can get up Another hail of blaster fire. One success. And Castian will reflect that. So that'd be six damage coming your way. Castian will spread strain to reflect that, and he'll soak the rest. So two of these minions, they are the, the one that you threw into the other. They have been incapacitated. 
they're not dead, but they effectively have a critical injury. They're not doing anything for the rest of this combat. So that means you've got three minions left and you have the leader who has released himself from the manacle and is going to be firing the carbine at you this turn. Castian is going to charge him and he's going to try to smash the side of his lightsaber into his head. Just the, the, the hilt, not the actual lightsaber. Okay. Now an attack on him is upgraded twice in difficulty. Right. I got two advantages and I got a failure. I'm definitely using two of those advantages to start up some gym. It's a move that allows me to spend two advantages to disarm a weapon from an opponent. Okay. Castian's definitely swinging at the hilt of his lightsaber, but the guy ducks. And But Castian's able to raise up a knee and kick his carbine out of his hand. So that's Castian's move. So it is back to the captain's turn. We've altered our order a little bit at this point. And with his primary weapon gone, he cannot pull his other blaster and shoot you this round. So what he does is he pulls his blaster and he issues a command to the three remaining minions. And it may not have just been distance earlier that prevented you from understanding his command. Because he speaks in a language that you recognize but don't speak. It also reminds you of Coruscant. Mm, Darth Modere. And so he is going to do his field commander skill. And he is successful. So the three remaining minions, they are all getting a free maneuver to aim at you, giving them a boost to their next roll. Great. And they got one success, so they would be dealing six damage to you. Casting's actually going to let them hit him because he doesn't want to use as much strain this time. So they are going to get me. I soak four of that, so I will be taking two damage. Casting gets it in the shoulder, stumbles back and growls. And honestly, he's just going to try to repeat what he did earlier. He's picking up one and slamming him in the other one. All right, go ahead. And I'm going to be spending a destiny point to increase my green. I got two triumphs, a success, and I got two light side and a dark side. And I also got a threat. I think you take out the minions. I think with two triumphs, you, you hit two of them with, with one minion. I'm very excited about that. Yeah, Castian spins around, slamming one minion into the other, and then bringing that same minion down into the face of another one, leaving only him and the captain of the guards, Captain Branson, I think. It is Captain Branson indeed, and he is going to pull out the light blaster at his side. I'm going to spend two points here to upgrade his roll. He rolled five successes. Wow, okay. And four threats. Okay. So with five successes, he would be doing 10 damage to you. Castian will reflect. So he reflects three of that, but he lowers his stamina again down three points, which is getting pretty low. And then he's going to soak four of that. So he's taking three points of damage, I believe. You also hear, as a result of those four threats, his weapon powering down. That was the last blast it had in it. He's now weaponless. Since it's been a while since I got to do this, Castian's deactivating his lightsaber blade, and he's just punching him. <laughs> this is going to be a brawl. Oh, dear. So yeah, Castian is going to try to deliver a devastating punch to the face. All right, go for it. He has no defense. I got three successes on a punch. 
he gets six points of damage to the face. As your fist just connects with Captain Branson's jaw, his head snapping backwards, the chamber begins to grow dark. And you feel as if a weight is settling on your shoulders, Castian. And then your chest. Maybe it's not the chamber that's getting dark. You feel like you can't breathe. Oh, I've done this move to people. <laughs> Castian stumbles away. And at first he almost wants to activate his blade to drive it into Branson's chest as if that would stop it. But he keeps calm in this terrifying situation and knows that, no, this isn't Branson's. Branson's just a puppet. And he stumbles back, clutching at his heart before finally spitting out a curse. Oh, you know, Darth Modair tried to take control of me. It didn't work out for her. That was child's play. I was ancient before Darth Modair was a glimmer in her sire's eye. The lightness in you is unexpected and impressive. But no light survives, Exar Kun. You feel yourself being lifted up, Castian. <laughs> Your toes scrambling to try to keep purchase with the ground, but of course it is a futile exercise. And then stillness. Still darkness. But no pain. No agony, no struggle. As you hear a very familiar voice in your head. No, little Sith Lord. This one is mine. And you lose consciousness, Castian. You sit up. Castian is looking around, his entire body feeling cold and clammy and sweaty. And where is he right now? Castian looks around, trying to get his bearings through the haze of his mind. You're in the chamber, still with those six rebels, who are all sitting up themselves. And have the same sort of look about them as you feel. People who are coming out of a haze, trying to get their bearings, but they are moving completely independently of each other now. They're moving naturally. Whatever hypnosis they were under seems to have been broken. Castian sees a lumbering shadow coming towards him, and he raises his fist ready to fight, and he realizes it's Captain Branson. Captain Branson? Aye. Oh, God. We need to get out of here. Get all your men. I'm. I was sent by uh, uh, Captain Nabarro of the Regency to help locate a missing rebel ship. And I point towards them. You. We. We were missing? What. Where are we? You're on Yavin 4. You're in a old temple. I was able to track you down here. 
you are under some sort of hypnosis. Sir, we don't have time to answer questions. Whatever had you in its grip, it's going to come back. Maybe. I don't know. We need to go now. Everyone get up now. And Castian is getting them out. And because you showed remarkable restraint, everybody is able to pull themselves up with a little bit of groaning. They were doing some extremely heavy manual labor before you arrived. So there's definitely some some groans of some complaints of their muscles not wanting to keep working, but they follow your command. Uh, Castian's moving towards the hallway again. Does it feel as dark as it did? It does not. It's still dark, but it feels like a more natural darkness. The darkness of being goodness knows how deep under the surface of the planet. And Castian is shining his light, desperately looking for Laris. You find her. And she is also kind of blinking as if she is awakening from a deep sleep. All right. Hey, Laris, Laris. I, I found the rebels. We need to get out of here now. The mission was a success. Yes. How are you feeling? I am well. Are you well, sir? I don't know. And Castian is taking hold of her shoulder and they're heading out. They're moving through these darkened tunnels these broken hallways past the murals that no longer seem so captivating and leaving this temple. Castian walks out with Branson and the rest of his team and as they're talking and addressing what's happening, Castian informs him that their ship blew up, that they'll be taking a trip with the Howling Gundark to wherever the rebels need to regroup. Castian finds his attention being drawn back to the temple. And he looks back towards it, unsure. As you look back at the temple, whatever or whoever it was that you encountered in there, you don't think they're gone. They're just asleep. But that's enough for you to escape for now. You're stuck staring until you feel a hand on your shoulder. <laughs> Sir, are you okay? Castian swallows and shoots a glance towards the temple. Just one more glance. Then he says to Laris, I'm, I'm fine. I just... He clears his throat and looks away. I think we all would feel a lot better if we put some kilometers between us and this temple. Am I right, gentlemen? He looks towards Captain Branson and the rest of the rebels. And everyone agrees. All right, um, everyone come along. Our ship is not too far away. Just a couple clicks this way. And Castian takes the lead. And as you lead the way out of the temple, deeper into the jungle... Every step into the trees leaves you and the rescued rebels feeling lighter. As the rebels first step out of the temple into the jungle, their gauntness is even more stark, their skin having a deathly gray cast. But by the time you reach the first clearing with cool water, the color has returned to their cheeks and they can walk unassisted. Castine is going to lean down and dip his hands into the water and just splash it across his face. He still feels off, not just because of that temple, but also because of that voice he heard. At the very end, this one belongs to me. He shudders and shakes his head, not fully comprehending, but 
but no, he does comprehend it, and it just shakes him to his core. That this darkness that he thought he left on that planet with the Dark Woman isn't so gone. The jungle itself feels like a darkness has been lifted. The breeze carries the cool, sweet scent of jungle flowers and damp earth. Birds sing merrily. As you journey, you even come across the strange primates who assisted you on your journey in. This time, there is no danger to warn you of. Castian pauses, and he kind of locks eyes with one that looks a little older. His whiskers are a little bit bushier. His belly's a little punchier. And Castian just stays there for two, three seconds before offering a bow of his head. Just a slight sign of appreciation for that early warning when they were attacked by the undead. Just before you reach the muddy area where you had to send Bone back, the jungle abruptly grows quiet. Someone, several someones, are approaching. Castian drops his hand to his lightsaber that's hanging from his belt, and he steps in front of the rebels he's escorting. Six camouflaged figures emerge from the trees, blasters drawn. Captain Branson, are you all right? Castian immediately rolls his hand away from his lightsaber and lets his cloak fall over it, so not to let the rebels see it. And he takes a step to the side and shoots a glance towards Captain Branson. Yes, yes, stand, stand down, stand down, this is... I was sent here by you rebels to find your missing crew. I wave a hand towards Captain Branson. I found them, and all of them are accounted for. Yes, Captain Branson agrees. Stand down. He's obviously still tired and worn out from this experience, but he doesn't look like he's near death the way he was when you first encountered him. The camouflaged figures lower their weapons and remove their helmets and masks, revealing a motley assemblage of rebels. Rebels. Well, uh, I thought you were short-handed. We registered an explosion deep in the jungle. We wanted to make sure that the Empire hadn't evaded our notice. Castian cancels his head to the side before realizing, yes, there was a coolant leak in Captain Branson's ship. Uh, it exploded, and they were starting to trek back to uh, find you when I was able to catch up with them. Isn't that right, Captain Branson? And I look towards Captain Branson and raise my eyebrows kind of daring him to try to explain what he went through. Yes, that's... that's exactly how it happened. And I look towards the rebels. You took a ship here. You landed near my vessel? Correct. Good. You can take Captain Branson and the rest of his crew with you. Uh, I think my time on Yavin 4 is coming to an end. So it is for all of us. Yes, uh, about that. And Castian takes a step closer towards the leader of this motley crew. Is it true? Did the rebels really destroy the instrument of Alderaan's destruction? Yeah. Yeah, we did. What was it? It was a battle station. It was like no battle station I'd ever seen. I don't know whether this was its real name or whether it was a code or just... You had to call this thing something. But the the name I heard tossed around was Death Star, and that seemed pretty accurate. Castian lowers his gaze as if trying to run through his memory banks of ever hearing anything 
described as a death star. And then after about 15 seconds, he just shakes his head. Well, I, I suppose those that survived Alderaan owes the rebels a debt of gratitude for figuring out how to destroy the thing. Princess Leia was the one that received the stolen plans and smuggled them. She withstood Darth Vader's torture and and didn't even falter for a, a moment, such as her dedication to the rebellion and ensuring that that all peoples of the galaxy are free of the Empire. And Castian just kind of stares a little bit in disbelief because while Castian wasn't joining the Regency at any point, he was kind of sort of believing their belief that they needed to be there to take over the leadership of Alderaan until Leia was grown up. She found the pilot. That's the one that took the, the final shot at the Death Star. There was no one more at the center of this. No one more dedicated to seeing justice done for Alderaan than Princess Leia. She sounds like a capable young lady. Now, now, she... She sounds like the perfect leader. We think so. Well, well, I have done my duty to help the rebellion, and I wish you all the best of luck. No planet deserves just to be wiped out like that. Especially Alderaan. Especially Alderaan. I turn back towards Captain Branson and offer him my hand. Branson takes it. And Castian nods. And then he and Glarus are going to walk past the rebels. And they're heading towards the clearing and back to their ship. You find the ship with the landing ramp down. And waiting for you are Bone and Skitter. Ah, Captain Laris, sir, welcome back aboard. Yes, yes, we're all very excited to be out of the jungle. Laris, I turn towards her. Let's, um, let's meet up with the Regency. So, um, get us back to their asteroid base. Of course. If, if you need me, I'll... I'll be in my room. It's a few hours later when you hear a chime at the door. Come in. Standing outside the door is Laris. She's holding a data pad. Sir, I wished to return this to you. Oh, my mother's poetry. Um, I told you it was pretty bad. <laughs> to the contrary. I found it quite enlightening. Well, um... I don't remember much of my mother, but that definitely sounds like her. Enlightening. And Castian is going to take the data pad and just drop it onto his bed. And Laris will look around the room and she will notice that it's clean, which is just not Castian. He's been cleaning his room. Sir, I do not wish to pry. But may I ask again, are you all right? Castian remains still as he contemplates that question. And then he just says, I never mourned Cerise Novella. Castian shakes his head and looks away. 
When I first heard about Alderaan, I refused to mourn. And, and then when I heard that there were nobles being kept by the Empire, I, I had nothing but hope and belief. No, 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 I had complete and utter faith that she was being kept by the Empire. And then when I found out she wasn't, I grabbed onto anger and vengeance, and I, I've been writing that, Laris, because I, I knew after all these emotions, I would have to eventually feel pain. I had hoped that these missions would make me feel numb, and I wanted to feel numb. But in that temple, I felt what it truly felt like to feel nothing. And I was terrified because I had lost her again. I didn't have that sadness to remember her face. So I am not all right, Laris, because I haven't mourned that Cerise Nabella died on Alderaan. He sniffs and wipes out his eye. And I suppose I just have to accept that, regardless of hope, ancient or new, I'm going to have to at least start mourning. And that begins with me leaving the Regency and stepping away from the war. At least until I find how I can fight it. How Cerise would want me to fight it. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Fandible Solo Shot, Star Wars Force and Destiny podcast. You can now find all episodes on the Fandible Solo Shot podcast feed on iTunes and all other podcasting platforms. Please subscribe and leave us a review to help new listeners find us for their Star Wars actual play fix. You can also find us on Twitter at Soloshot Podcast. And if you enjoy the stories we tell here and on the rest of the Fandible Podcast Network, consider donating to our Patreon at patreon.com slash fandible. Thanks again, and may the Force be with you always. Greetings, and welcome to the Dicey Cantina. We are but a humble watering hole in the slums of the planet Drunkenwell. The smugglers and swoopers you pass through here are told amazing stories of resistance and rebellion against the harsh rule of the Galactic Empire, and tales, of course, of the heroes that would build a movement on hope. The Dicey Cantina podcast brings you adventures of intrigue played out as an actual play Star Wars RPG from Fantasy Flight Games. On Mondays, we tell character-driven stories through the lens of our small, but colorful spot in the galaxy. Skuru holds aloft a data pad. Lizzie, come out now or I'll burn you out. Skuru's message burns loudly in the night sky. Imperial rule has come to Druckenwell. Can't believe I couldn't save them. I failed them. Well, if everyone thinks you're dead, might I suggest the skies.
No, man, that's a good plan. This will work. And if, <laughs> and if you're Johnny on the spot with that frag grenade, if I get in trouble upstairs... Oh, you mean I have to go out and get them first? And he just sort of, like, pushes the tray over and then walks away. Is that, is that our distraction? As Veer walks past Cinder on the way to the kitchen, Cinder is going to toss him her remote. Oh, yeah, that's very, like, heist movie. One minute we're talking about bladders, the next minute the heist is on. The Empire is occupying our planet, but Veer and I and a few choice others have decided not to accept the Imperial rule around here. Tetsis drags himself up John Jonah. You should have taken the less physical path, and then he headbutts him. Now, revenge never helped anybody. I want my friends back. If we can get it back, Lizzie, that they haven't taken anything that we can't take back. Guys, we got we got a whole elevator coming up with angry Imperials, and I don't know if Tets is even alive. What are we about to do? Tets, are you okay? You can find us on your favorite podcatcher or uncover more at DiceyCantina.com. Slide up for a drink. We'll see you in there. <laughs>